Live from the Mattress Peddler Studio, it's Mike Bradley and the WGMD Morning Team. It's the Red Maryland segment with Greg Klein, covering all things political in the old line state. Here on 92.7 WGMD, WGMD.com, and the WGMD app. All right, 748 is the time, and Greg joining us on the Backyard Works Newsmaker line. And Greg, I've got a million emails to go through here uh, as it pertains to this segment. Hopefully we'll be able to get through a lot of it. But I first wanted to ask you how the second annual Red Maryland Conference went last Saturday. Uh, it was a great success. Thank you. Thanks for all your support on that. And a lot of your listeners were there. We were happy to see them. Congressman Harris and Senator Carroza were fantastic. And uh, it was a great experience. And, and if you didn't make it this year, I hope you will come next year. Greg, what was the biggest takeaway from the conference uh, for you personally or just in general that you thought people got out of it? Uh, so many uh, that, that jump out. I, I think there was some really good advice on how we can win elections and move ahead. That was what a lot of our speakers talked about. I think our legislative leaders panel, the thing that, that I took away from it uh, was that the number one issue, even though you and I have been talking about Kerwin, 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 the number one issue in the legislature's mind, the number one issue in people's minds is crime. And that is going to be taking up a lot more time in this legislative session than we might have thought a month or so ago. Well, Rome is burning. And even the former yeah. Senate president, Mike Miller, who's still a senator, made mention of that for that matter. He's absolutely right. And we could talk about that coming up. Well, to that end, actually, actually, that's a nice segue, is that this morning at 11 a.m., the House Minority Caucus is holding a press conference unveiling legislation to combat the wave of violent crime that continues to plague the state, especially Baltimore City. But we're also seeing, I saw a story in, in Baltimore County, not too far from my parents' house, uh, right there off of Ridgely and York Road there at uh, the parking lot of a Walgreens that uh, I believe a 70-year-old person got attacked. It's It's gotten worse in Baltimore County as well. Yeah, there's been a huge spike in violent crime and murders, particularly in Baltimore County. Uh, a lot of that is the violence in the city spilling out. There's That's other right. things going on as well. But but it's a concern statewide. In fact, one of the things that, that the legislators talked about, because someone asked point blank, why is why should we all be concerned about the city, the crime in the city of Baltimore? And the thing that a number of speakers talked about is not only, you know, is it a moral duty to deal with this, but we're subsidized. We're paying for this. If the city... Uh, if the city collapses, we're all going to be paying the price for it, literally. And so it's, it's literally in our interest uh, to try to make it a, a better place and improve it. And that's what a lot of talk in the legislature is going to be about. Yeah. Well, and we already throw a ton of money there for crime and we education do. as it is. So you're right. And I've talked about that before. You and I both have, whether it be Baltimore for Maryland or Wilmington, for that matter, for Delaware. It's in all of the taxpayers' best, best interest that those cities are thriving and that crime is at uh, a minimal uh, impact, if possible, uh, because of that very point. Now, the House Minority Caucus also released some polling data recently that was conducted by Gonzalez uh, between December 23rd and January 4th, although that's not a great time to poll with it being the holidays, but the poll found that a whopping 94% of Maryland voters believe they pay enough or too much in taxes, with 65% responding that they and their families pay too much when they specifically are asked, are they willing to pay higher taxes to fund increases in education spending? 52% say no, with 55% of women rejecting higher taxes for education. Less than 2% of respondents were willing to pay the thousands in taxes each year that would be necessary to increase spending at proposed levels. Now, that's some of those numbers seem a bit high to me in a blue state, but nonetheless, uh, Gonzalez, I think, has a fairly reputable uh, 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 background, that is. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and Delegate Jalega previewed this poll for us on Saturday that, that they were going to release. And it, and it somewhat correlates to the Washington Post poll we talked about a couple months ago where they kind of asked a couple questions. Would you be willing to pay this much? Would you be willing to pay a little bit more? Right. And amounts that were much smaller than what were needed to, to fund Kerwin, and you saw it very dramatically go negative. So I, I think Gonzalez is, whether the numbers are precise or not, I think they got – they got it right, and the governor's got it right as far as he often does, that the majority of Marylanders, whatever their political stripe, are not interested in, in huge tax increases for to, to fund government more. And, and by the way, and, and we haven't talked about the budget yet, you know, I've always maintained the reason why Governor Hogan has these immense popularity numbers across all political stripes is because he has, he has found the balance of being able to fully fund government fund uh, priorities that people have without having to raise taxes. That's why he's so popular. That's something that Maryland Democrats are unable to do. Um, that's something that we don't see happen on the national level. And I think a lot of people, whether they're Republicans, Democrats, or independents, uh, really see that that's an important part of the governor's job and he's doing well. And this is an example of that. And it's why he is so adamantly opposed to what's being proposed with Kerwin, because that is going to blow up the state budget and absolutely require huge tax increases. You know, the the legislative uh, policy folks came out yesterday and said and pointed out when the governor had his some of his budget releases, we've got we're going to have a billion dollar uh, structural deficit in a couple of years without Kerwin. And there's there's no way that we can add another four billion dollars to that on top of that. Uh, yeah. On top of that, without you know, having massive tax increases and the governor's opposition to that. It's interesting. The other one of the other things I learned Saturday, and I'm throwing a lot of stuff out here. Our time is limited. But uh, Bill Ferguson, the new Senate president, has been pretty adamant and pretty insistent that there's not going to be this shift to the left. He's been saying it's going to be a smooth transition. He keeps repeating that. The state senators that were there talking to us kept mentioning that he said that. I think he's saying that because he realizes that that the majority of voters, even as deep blue a state as we keep hearing Maryland is, are very concerned about that transition and are not really in favor of it. So I think the governor's messaging, particularly when it comes to the tax issue, and this poll reaffirms that, is having a real impact in putting the Democrats, at least in the state Senate, on their heels a little bit. Well, let's talk about the governor's proposed budget. As you talked about, no tax increases once again, budget growth limited to 1%. I think that's the smallest budget growth during his entire time in office, if I'm not mistaken. I, usually it's been anywhere from 3 to 4%. Uh, maybe one year was between 1 and 2, but I, I don't ever remember 1 for that matter. And with the rainy day fund balance, he puts in $242 million more than the statute requirement, which, to your point about structural deficits down the line, is certainly important. Right. right. Um, he has had a couple of years where it's been um, within that 1% or 2%. Remember, okay. this, is okay. less, this, is, this is less than the rate of inflation. Uh, inflation last year was about 2%. Right. So in real dollars, this, is, this budget isn't growing. State spending is not growing at all. Well, it shouldn't and grow so, greater than inflation, in my opinion, generally speaking. I don't know why it does in other areas. <laughs> and, and I think if you look at it overall, what the governor's done, he's been pretty fiscally conservative when you measure it in that way. Absolutely. It doesn't get a lot of press, and it's something I've said to him when we've interviewed him. It's one of the things about him, one of the most conservative things about this governor that doesn't get very much press 
is the spending. Also, the other banner headline is this is now the sixth budget in a row with no tax increase, right. which in Maryland has to be some sort of record. Um, but, and again, going back to the point I was making about why the governor is so popular, he's still able to fund all of the mandated spending that Correct. the Democrats have insisted upon, which is about 85% of the budget. He's still able to fund priorities, find money for fighting crime in the city and, and the environment and other priorities that he has. Uh, more money towards these transportation projects. He's able to do all of that without raising taxes or massively increasing the budget. And it's something that Democrats have insisted in the past couldn't be done. And if you look at what they proposed, they, they insist it can't be done in the future, yet the governor has found a way to do it. So that's what's pretty extraordinary about it. And, it, and, and look, I know conservatives get very frustrated with this governor, but there's nothing more inherently conservative than limiting spending and holding line of taxes and actually pushing for tax relief. Well, well Greg, and, you, and you, you hit it on the head. That's absolutely right. I mean, the budget's the most important thing that they do. And when you have a governor that in that realm is very conservative, I'll take that in a hugely blue state for that matter. I, I just people miss sometimes the bigger picture. And I, I don't understand why. Yeah, and we have some folks who, you know, would sacrifice the, the good for the perfect. You know, I've heard people say, well, he should cut it more, whatever. I, you know, um, the, the, the idea of Maryland, we have a structure where the governor has a lot of control over the budget, so the Democrats can't add to this. What's going to be interesting is where they try to cut or move things around, particularly to fund Kerwin. That'll be kind of interesting. That'll lead to some fights as well. But the initial reaction from Democrats, and, and there's an article in The Sun about it today, has been fairly positive because there's not a lot they can complain about here. And um, because he's funding all of their mandates, he's, he's putting more money towards priorities, and he's not raising taxes there's not much there's not much room for the Democrats to complain about. And, of course, their emphasis has been to spend more and more and more. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see what happens as we go forward with the session. And yesterday, the governor announcing military initiatives at the National Guard Armory, expanding tuition assistance for Maryland National Guard members, eliminating state taxes on military retirement income, reforming occupational licensing laws to help military families as well. So there's been a lot that's come out. Uh, just real quickly, Greg, what do be, people need to be looking for at Red Maryland? Maryland here over the next week and just maybe in general in terms of legislatively uh, that uh, is on the top of the agenda right now. Um, we're going to continue to to cover this um, this budget as it rolls out. You can look for that. Uh, some of the gun bills are coming to the fore. That'll be a big issue early in the session. So lots of coverage is that as the legislature gets up to speed. And great, tell everybody where they can find you online and your social media platforms as well. Uh, the, the home base for everything Red Maryland is redmaryland.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash redmaryland. We're on Twitter, at redmaryland. Uh, we're on all the social media. Just search at redmaryland and you'll find us. All right, and again, reminding folks that Saturday here in our own backyard, this Saturday at noon at the Ocean City Convention Center, a public hearing on the wind farms that are being proposed, the Maryland Public Service Commission reopening, and this one's on the uh, Skipjack Project, so I hope folks get there. Greg, as always, thank you. Great job, and we'll talk next Thursday. Thanks for having me. Take care. You got it.